Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. And there you have a voice that we'll sadly no longer hear. The late, great, and a part of Cork's rich history. That's the late Michael O'Regan. 70 years of age, yet an echo boy. No matter what age you were or are, you'll always be an echo boy. And I just want to read something out here. It says, Michael worked hard to find the good in everybody and shut his mind out to negativity. It worked for him. He was nice to people and the people of Cork were very nice to him. Those are the lovely words of his sister-in-law, Teresa. Teresa, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. What is it like to have a brother-in-law who is famous or was famous right throughout Cork all his life. He was such a part and parcel of this wonderful city. He was indeed, yeah, and he took everything in his stride. He was just quiet, just a simple man, really, and everybody loved him. Yeah, what what was it? I mean, everybody was drawn to him. They were, they were, yeah. He was so quiet, quiet in his ways and everything. He couldn't see harm in anybody. I interviewed him several times over the years uh, for Virgin okay. Media News. The times maybe that he celebrated milestones, you know, celebrating the the sale of his uh, one hundred or one millionth paper, and uh, you okay. know, and the, the the time he was um, seventy years of age. He was a very quiet man underneath it all. Very quiet. Sure, we didn't know the half of him really. <laughs> what was... happened in town was totally different at home. Was he no rogue? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. You never knew what was going through him. Never knew it. Tell me a little bit about him. Um, he was 70 years of age. and He started selling Echoes at a very young age. Yeah, he started selling the Echoes at the age of 10. And it was really when his mother died 30 years ago that we took... Our, we, took we were looking after him then. Because he had health issues. He was an epileptic. He could not be left alone. There was always someone with him. And we were very lucky in that extent that we, our family were very good. Our boys were doing their turns to stay with him at night and make sure that he was okay. Listening to you this morning or talking to you this morning, I think there will be thousands and thousands of people very excited to hear about Michael away from Patrick Street, the Michael O'Regan we didn't know about, really. Oh, yes. Yeah, Michael would fall asleep on the chair. We might call him, Michael, time to go to bed, and he just... 
open his eyes with a smile on his face. He was always smiling. There was never a cross word from him. How was he always so jovial? Because he was out there in all sorts of weather. Oh, yeah. And sure, if you were the person that was buying an echo from him, if you were the only person that didn't come at 10 o'clock at night, he'd be waiting for you because you were his customer and he couldn't let his customers down. That's the way it was with him. Dedication to the last. Oh, totally. Totally. And he had some wonderful friends inside the town who were very, very good to him. The likes of Barry Muff, you know, in Princess Street, Muffy's Electrical. He was very kind to him. And Barry's shoe shop at the end of Princess Street. There was actually a girl came to me one day and she, I didn't know her, but she told me any time he'd be looking for a birthday card or a Christmas card. Trish was the girl's name. She was the one that always signed the cards from in front of me. We never knew it until lately. Mary Rose was in the Savoy. He used to go to her every day for his lunch at the street closed down. He had loads of friends that used to come to him. And one thing that stuck out within us that came up on Facebook about some lad by the name of Chris that had a brain tumour. He was come to Michael every day and bring him a cup of tea, a cup of coffee or whatever. But then that lad went to Dublin and unfortunately he passed away. But before he did, Michael had gone to see him up in Dublin. We didn't know that, you know. He'd just take off and do his own thing. Which, these are lovely things to hear coming from people. Were you surprised and somewhat, I suppose, comforted in the fact that there were so many moving tributes to um, your brother-in-law, Michael? Oh, sure, they were fantastic, yeah. They were lovely to hear it. Even if I was in Satan Town with him, with my husband, and he'd we'd meet somebody, he could be talking to somebody. He never called Sean, his brother, was always his sister-in-law and her husband. That was the way. That was the way he was come out. And and speaking of Sean, Sean is there with you, I think, is he? He is. Yeah, he is. Can yeah. I have a word with him? Without a shadow of a doubt, yeah. Okay, Paul. Thank you. Hello, Paul. Sean, good morning. How are you? Morning. Sean, um, I, I'm just reading something here with you. Said, I, I mean, and we know that he loved the people of Cork and he loved Patrick Street. Yeah. He was shy, but anything to do with Cork and Patrick Street in particular, it ignited him. Oh, totally, totally. It was his whole life. Like we, all the things we've read, we didn't know a fraction of the man and what he was doing. Tom, he'd go in in the morning, get the first bus in, quarter past seven, would be home again twelve hours later. Would sit down, then he would do his his. Um, he would do his accounts for the papers for the day, segregate everything into the different uh, bunches for different companies. We say Cornell News, the examiner office. He'd have all that done before he'd even have his dinner. Go ahead. All I just thought he dedicated to the newspaper, his selling papers. Meeting people was the biggest thing in his life. You know? And He's then when, when, he, when he wasn't in Patrick Street, he was travelled or down to Pipers every summer. That's right. He spent he forty years in Pipers as well. Yeah, I remember him in the Marys in Crosshaven. I remember oh, yeah. him well on the boats. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he started, of course, selling uh, the papers outside what was formerly the Bank of Ireland and Patrick Street. It's now the the Centra, and I think there's a pharmacy there as well alongside. Yes, and so I, I always remember him. Pharmacy, yeah. I always remember him. He used to say, "I, I can't do it now, but I, I'll try it." Press independent paper. Read all about an extra examiner. <laughs> he used to do the press and the Indo as well at the time. Oh, he did the whole lot. Yeah, yeah, he did the whole lot. But um, oh no, a larger than life character. I'm not all about that. Like, and I, I, I only heard a story of him there recently. He, he had a few friends that he would travel up and down to all Ireland's with, and they came back from one all Ireland there one day, and um, himself and a fellow called Donny. He gave Donny his ticket, and he had his own ticket, and they went through the turnstile to come into Cork, 
and Michael went through grand and then Donny came up to the Turner and tried to put in his ticket but the, the Turner said wouldn't take the ticket and he tried it four or five times eventually he called one of the inspectors the inspector tried it it still didn't work and when the inspector looked at the ticket it was 12 months out of date <laughs> and, 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 and that was Michael he never threw away anything so I was still in this pocket you know these are the stories that are coming out now like and he, went, he used to go to Valley Cotton every year for the five mile road race. Oh, Never ran, but always, every year. He used to go to uh, John Buckley Sports in the marina every year. You know, the, he, he had a calendar, like, in his head, when, 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 of dates of when things would happen. The Lord Mayor's inauguration would go to those. He had everything in his yeah, head. Yeah, actually, isn't, am I right? Michael never missed a council meeting, am I correct? No, he went to he went to fifty one of them. The only ones he missed now was when COVID hit, yeah. and they couldn't hold it in the city hall anymore. They were holding it then in places like Ballincolly School or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were the ones that there was only very few people got invited in because of the COVID. But up to that, he'd been to sort of fifty one inaugurations, right? Jesus. And he like, got to the stage he didn't even need a ticket in the end. He didn't know he just turned up. I know. But that that was that everyone liked him. Like that was just the way he was. When you found out, no, that he was travelling to the Ballycotton 5K and he was going to yeah. this and he's with that, I mean, I, 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 I always, and I mean this with respect, I always got the impression that Michael would get up, collect his newspapers, go to his pitch and go home, uh, besides the Marys at summertime. But I always got the impression that he just went from A to B and back to A, you know? It's great to hear that he led such an active life. Oh, no, actually, we say now, let's say, in the summertime, Pipers would be on. He'd go in on a Saturday morning, He'd do all his papers. He'd get a bus then at 7 o'clock down to Kingsale. He'd be in Kingsale then for the weekend with the Pipers working away there. And he'd get the first bus back to Patrick Street next morning, or Monday morning. But then when Pipers weren't working, and we say the winter weekends, Michael would head off on a bus trip up to Galway, up anywhere. It could be anywhere he'd go. He'd been up to Belfast a few times, you know, and just met people and talked to them and enjoyed their company and whatever. All day long, do a bit of shopping in Dublin, a bit of shopping in Galway, wherever he went. That's just the way he was. There's somebody here texting here. Did he have a mobile phone? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. did. He had a mobile phone. But he wasn't the fellow that would answer us. You could <laughs> ring him, but it was a case of, like, if he had to ring you, it was a case he was losing money then. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you could ring him and he, he, he talked to you, all right? Like, there's no problem there. But well, then, he wasn't going to ring him. he had him. a mobile phone. You know? He had his confirmation he never, money, so did he? Sorry? <laughs> he had his confirmation money, so he had... Well, well look, I suppose when, you, when you're selling papers that long, you'll always make a few pounds, but he, he won't have half the money that people think he has. I know, I'm only... I'm I mean, I'm having a story about him being a millionaire and this, and that's no such thing. You sell a lot of papers before you become a millionaire, and a million wouldn't do it. Tell me, you what know? happened to Michael? When when did he uh, become sick? He he actually got sick a few years ago. He ended up with um, um, a, a, a blood vessel burst in his leg. That was about three years ago. And um, that was the time he started to retire then because it was too much for him, right? But like, once he got over that, of course, when you're supposed to keep the, el- the elastic stocking up your leg, Mike it was too uncomfortable for Michael, so he decided to roll it down. And then he got sore on the knee, which didn't help him. And he also had like um, three, four twisted bones. So like things... Over, over the number of years, he's had about two years illness-wise. And I mean, ha- listening to you there, outlining his illnesses, you, I mean, yeah. you would think that he would have gotten the pleurisy or TB or, you know, pneumonia for being out in the weather, but it, he, he didn't He didn't seem to get the flu. He got everything else bar the flu. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no problem with that. I suppose, I suppose he just got immune to the weather, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
I mean, it didn't matter when and he often came in at night time and he would be saturated in the skin like you know. But like didn't matter to him, like if once he got the paper to his customer, that's all that mattered to him. And st- started selling the papers at 10 years of age. Did Michael, uh, had he schooling before that or anything? Oh, yeah, we were, we were both up in uh, St. George's Marley because they were really schooled. Right. Yeah, but uh, once he started well, papers, and that was, it took over from the other electorate. Oh, he, he packed up school at 10 and j- just went to the papers? Well, I know he went, he went to, he he stayed on for school a bit after that. Oh, night. right. But, um, Papers were still the thing, like, as you got to remember, during the day, there was no echo. The echoes were always in the evening then, and not yeah, the, yeah. the morning now, but I mean, they were only, they were only evening then. So you, could, you, could, you could finish your school and then go down and get your, your bundle, like. Did he have any interest in politics or anything like that? I know, I mean, he's yeah. met politicians from all walks of life in Partick Street when they'd be campaigning in the elections, but was he a, a political head himself or anything? Well, he would be fierce interest in politics. Was he? There's not, there's not, he would watch every every political show on, on television, every debate, everything. He would love all that. Like the same as budgets, he would get out the the, the Times, the Echo, or the Examiner, the Times, and a couple of other papers to go through the budget. When the budget, we he'd, he'd be quite happy if he was off that day. He'd sit down all day and watch it on the television and go through everything. Goodness, fierce interested in those people. See, they were all they were they all liked him as well. So and they, they didn't have to come from Cork; they came from other countries as well. Like, yeah, just, it, you, you must be very, very proud to have a man oh, who was so yeah, well but, known, or to have a brother who was so well known. Oh, totally! Like, I mean, even when he got um, Carcoonian of the decade, they were like, sure, that was a fantastic thing from as well. Like, I was just proud of Cork altogether. Like. And did any you know? of that, like, uh, I, I, I presume it didn't go to his head because he was so level, uh, <laughs> low, level-headed, really, wasn't he? No, there was nothing would go to his head. Nothing like that. He never got big-headed. Always level. Never, you know. I mean, things were simple with Michael. Yeah. Michael was like, Michael was, uh, as, as, my, as my son said in his eulogy, Michael was like a big child, but as cute as a fox. And at any time, you never knew which one of you were talking to. And he managed to get invited onto uh, the stage to switch on the Christmas lights here in Cork with uh, 96 FM a couple of years ago. He did, yeah, with any Gary. Well, I know I live with Tracy, Tracy. Tracy. Sorry, Paul, you're on the boat. switching on the lights here with uh, Ken Parrott of 96 yeah. FM and Anna Gary a couple of years ago. 2014, I think. Yeah, and I tell you, he was the only one got past Anna Gary. <laughs> <laughs> he beat her to it. That was great. It was great. That was a great achievement for him. What? Oh, it was lovely. What? I know we were talking to Sean. What about brothers and sisters? How many were in the family? Two. Just Sean and himself? Just Sean and himself, yeah. And where did they live? Where was he living? They lived they lived they were they were in Calabi Street when they were young and then they Got a house out in McDonough Road up in Balafihan. Right. He lived there then with his mother until she died 30 years ago. Oh, that uh, was it. God, that's not long ago, really, in one sense. God, 30 years, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when his mum yeah. died, you know, did things change for him or anyway, you know, did he... Well, it did, of course. He missed her terrible, but sure, then we took over looking after him, so once he had somebody to care for him, look after him, he was Okay. Even the day his mother died, he had to go in to sell the papers. Go away? Oh, yeah, the day his mother died. He had to go in because his papers would be there for him. So he went in and he sold his papers inside and told as usual. 
and told everybody then about the bad news his mother had passed away. Christ, what a man. I know, I know, he was unbelievable. Like when he got the cock on in of the decade there with 96 FM, he never received anything. He was waiting and waiting and people were congratulating him and so he went away himself down to Gerald McCarthy and he got a trophy. Cock O'Neill at the decade and he had that up on his stand then so everybody would see it. Teresa, I'm sure somebody will make up for 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 that. The myth being sorry, I, I I I can't take. I don't know. I'm only in here for the day. I'm sure somebody will look into that. But uh, tell sure me, that was a, that was very sore in the family. That was tell that me this. Tell me, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What has Cork lost? Well, they've lost an agent because everybody knew him. Everybody knew him, and he, as I said, he had some wonderful friends. When it came to switching on the lights in Cork the family and the chicken in inside in the market, they dressed him from head to toe and were so proud to do it. Do you know? They just wanted to make sure he looked well and everything. We didn't know anything about it until he told us it was after happening. Oh, <laughs> he wouldn't. He didn't tell us. But I must say, he had some lovely friends. Pat O'Connell inside in the market was very good to him. There's loads. There's loads of people. And I think it's wonderful to be able to say that and to hear all the tributes, you know. Unfortunately, at times, it, it, you don't hear these things until someone dies. And that's, that's life, isn't that's it? That's it. That's it. That's it. At the exam office now, they all turned up for his funeral. And it was, it was lovely. It was, very, it was very nice now. You know, people, we'd have heard their names. We would never have met them, you know, only just to hear them speak about them. But he'd never had an enemy anyway, because I'd say to him, who's this person? That's a friend. Who's that person? That's a friend. Never know who they were, but they were all his friends. He saw harm in nobody. A remarkable nobody. man. A remarkable oh, he man. was. He was, yes. Uh, uh, 72 he was last October. 72. 72, but unfortunately his health, when his health went down, he went down. Do you know, it was too sad. Well, you know, Talking to you and Sean this morning, we've learned an awful lot about Michael O'Regan. As I said to Sean, we wanted yes. to hear about the man who, you know, who didn't stand outside Cavendish's years ago no. or stand outside the Bank uh-huh. of Ireland. Uh-huh. We wanted to hear about Michael O'Regan, the man away from the pitch. And I think yes. you've done a beautiful tribute to your brother-in-law and Sean yes. has paid a remarkable tribute to yes. his br- yes. late brother. And yes. it's a big fight in our lives now. But there were so many things came up on Facebook. We actually, there was another one came up the other day there about some girl. 20 years ago, she fainted inside in town and Michael was over to her with a bottle of orange. Do you know, all these things, these are lovely things to hear. Gorgeous. But they are lovely, yeah. Teresa, Sean, yes? thank you so much for talking to us. And all I can say is our sympathies to you and uh, everybody and all of the family and the people of Cork today, Tuesday the 3rd of January, we salute the late yeah. Michael O'Regan. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Before the break, we were talking to Sean O'Regan, brother of the late Michael O'Regan. We also spoke to uh, Teresa, his uh, sister-in-law. And during that conversation, we mentioned Piper's Fun Fair in uh, Crosshaven and Kinsale. And uh, Brendan Piper, good morning. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Brendan, your late Not grandfather so set up the fun fair back in 1932 and Michael O'Regan joined the fun fair as well during the summer and I know his death has been a, a terrible loss to yourselves. Yeah, Paul, we got the news. Um, geez, we're devastated. Came out just completely shock altogether. Um, first of all, before I start, I'd like to send our condolences to um, Theresa, Sean and family on behalf of the, the Piper family and all the family in the, the fun fair. Yeah, the, when I to sit down, Paul, and write about, think about Michael, I had to put it to paper, pen to paper, because there was so, so many stories over the years. And when I sit there, this, sit down to write about Michael O'Regan, the showman, that I, uh, my, my eyes kind of filled up as well as I was writing it. But the story about Michael with the fun first started. Michael joined Piper's Fun for a King Seal at the age of 15 years. At that time, my grandfather and father, Bill, were running the fun fair during the summer season. Every Saturday evening, Mick would get the bus from Cork to King Seal to work the weekends during the summer seasons. In over 50 years with the fun fair, Mick never missed a weekend working. At age 15, Mick started operating swinging boats in a more recent, and, and in more recent years was in the token chaos. At a young age, with my brothers and sister, we worked alongside Mick at the fun fair. My memories of Michael are that he was a very loyal, honest and trustworthy person. He was a quiet man until you got to know him. Over the years at the fun fair, People got to know him, and my father, Bill, always says that Mick was the most photographed man at the fun fair every summer. One of my memories of Mike, Mick was is when he trained a local lad, Anthony Barry, at the age of 10 years, on how to operate the swinging boats and how to start and stop a boat. With Mick saying, keep your back straight, bend your legs and don't pull the brake hard. He had two reasons for this. First reason, it will jolt the customer out of the seat. And the second, it would wear the brake down as the brake was made of timber. And to this day, Anthony, who has been 
with the fund for, for over 40 years, still applies mixed instructions when he is training new staff members on the swinging boat. In 2016, The Showman, a book about the story of the Kingsale Funfair was written by June Furhead. In it, Mick is asked his time at the Funfair and he said that as a child, he fell in love with smiles and laughter at the Funfair. He loves the banter and the crack and Mick always was and always will be part of the Piper and Kingsale Funfair family. Michael, true showman, you will be missed. Rest in peace. That's beautiful, Brendan. Absolutely gorgeous. He was um, a gentle was giant. The man, he was a gentle giant, a wasn't gentle. he? A gentle giant. And he's called a legend. He was bigger than the legend. A gentle giant. A man. He had a heart so big and a smile that was so warm. You're hurting. You're hurting, aren't you? Of course we're all hurting. Of course we're all hurting. It's, it's, it is a big... It is a big... It is like... I won't compare the machine, a kid's machine you put in the front for. There's a gap there. That gap will be all there. You will never fill that gap. How did he, well, he meet you, like, at the age of 15? How did, how did you meet him, first? Did he just turn up at the gate? I don't know. I think he um, he met the grandfather. And he got talking to the grandfather. You see, Piper's, Piper's a King Seal. My grandfather uh, in King Seal... Uh, part of Joe. Oh. Hello. Having problems with the line. Hopefully, we'll get back to Brendan. Are you there, Brendan? No. All right. Unfortunately, we lost one. We'll try and get back to him in a moment. I want to talk to um, Donald Cronin. Donald, good morning. Sorry. Line two. Donald? Morning, morning, Paul. How are you? Oh, how are you doing? Donald, your late father, we knew him well, um, an echo boy. As I said, no matter what age you were, you're always an echo boy. But you're, you're, um, you're son of Jerry Cronin, who we all knew from standing outside St. Augustine's Church. Himself and um, the late Michael O'Regan, your late father, they were good buddies. They were. I'd like to say and pass on my sympathies to Michael's uh, family there, please, because I got a phone call off with Donald Keefe the examiner office last week. To pass a comment on him and uh, about Mike and would I say a few words and what I remember being known the echo lane with my father Reverend Horner Mike has been said there numerous of times he was a gentle giant he was very very shy or very caring person and that's been for a big man and everyone knew him as a big person as well and a big heart what people don't remember Paul is they were so dedicated to selling the echoes and examiners they were so dedicated to their customers, people forget about that, that they would count coins there with a blink of an eye that wouldn't even bother them, and they'd get it so correct every time. Or to get the money returned, and whether it be the examiner, the, the echo, the tabloids, the independent, as you said, because I remember Michael saying those words myself. But it used to be fair spanking between down the lane where, like, you know, you'd have. That's, yeah, a, that, that's for, for people who don't know what we're talking about. That's at the back of the uh, the examiner office or up the side of the Johnson & Parrots, well, sorry, what was Johnson & Parrots in Emmett Place, yeah. where they get where, the echoes where, there. The pub used to be called the Grand Soccer yeah, there on the corner. Yeah, up the lane where there, yeah. Well, what it was, Paul, it was very competitive, right? But underneath it all, the banter, there was a bit of a band of brothers down there, if you understand what I'm trying to they say. They were family, that. weren't they? They were, they were, but they never said, I sorry, what would you say? They never said, they love each other or hugged each other, but the respect shown for a fella that was 
a good seller of papers, or I used to sell more, or I used to be out in all weathers. And that. that respect was an unwritten thing down there. It was between Michael O'Regan, Johnny Keller, Don Manny's, the Joyce's, the Duggins, the Sullivan's, my dad. The whole, I, could call, I could go on forever, and there's probably a couple of people I didn't mention. But for, I apologize for that. But I can say, Michael O'Regan would be similar to my father. He used to be on all weathers. My father used to have a bit of a shelter in an archway in St. Augustine's. Michael O'Regan used to have nothing, that, nothing like that. Mm. Nothing like that. I remember he used to wear this sort of... Big crumby. Big crumby, right? But he used to have a woolen sort of... That he used to have around his neck and his head. So the wool would get wet and that would be even harder on his hair or his head. Do you know what I mean? Me too. So I, I'm just saying to my, to my family and the, the people that don't know about the inside of... Uh, we knew nothing about my own father as well, uh, Paul. And I'm not going to make it about my father this morning. It's about Michael O'Regan. And when I hear his family saying they, they didn't know a fraction of all the tributes and what he used to do and everything, I fully ex- I understand where they came from. Because what we got told about our father after his death, what he it was sad because we never shared those moments with him. I mean, they didn't tell us. And whatever it is, they didn't, they didn't broadcast it. Like, you know what I mean? And his sister are going on about small things there. The Battle of Orange. Michael Regan was a gentle, gentle mm-hmm. soul. And I mean it, like, he was a big man, but he was as gentle. I often got I, the impression I, that the Echo Boys, they knew more about this city than anyone else. As I said, people, as I said it before, um, Paul, and I, I don't mean this because disrespectful, there's, this, there's an Echo Boy in every part of the North Sea family, yeah. maybe South Sea families as such, but they were very committed workers, right? But I can tell you one thing, the knowledge that they had of the city was absolutely unreal. Like, Mick O'Regan, my father, Johnny Keller, they could tell you what buildings were there 150 years ago, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What was there, or how many houses, what family lived in Cork, or how many lived in that family. It was incredible. They wouldn't, like, like a blink of an eye, they wouldn't, they tell you all these things, right? And I remember, and so, like, I remember somebody telling me one day that um, they, they treated, uh, or sorry, not treated, but they looked at their Echo Boy as a type of priest where they'd go away and talk to the echo boy and confess everything that was going on at home i'm having hassle with the wife i'm having hassle with the husband i'm out to throw the son out or i'm out to being thrown out they were the, the the echo boys are people that people used to honestly go up and tell their stories to they were like agony ants confiding yeah. and like i'm saying i've seen people walk up to michael o'regan and talk to him and they wouldn't even buy paper off them believe it or not and I remember Jimmy Barry Murphy coming up to me, Dad, and Christy Ring coming up to me, Dad, and talking to him. And my dad go, don't walk on there a while, because they want to talk about something privately or something like that. But that's the way it was. I remember Mike Regan standing there, and as you say, the person next to him, he'd be just going away, but they wouldn't have a paper in the hand or all. Like, you know I mean? But they just probably wanted to get something off their chest or talk about something. I, I, I often saw people standing with Michael uh, asking for a selfie. Like, there were Michael <laughs> and your dad and lots of the lads, celebrities, honestly, your own tone. But I, 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 my part of the part is that this man, Michael Regan, was a huge, huge person and huge present. But as I say, people don't so, see that as a the commitment they show sell echoes and uh, examiners. And I'd be honest, I would love somebody acknowledged uh, Michael Regan. I know he got to Cork one and, and well-deserved. And I, there should be something small. And I made a suggestion there to Donald Key forever to And I think there might be something done about my father. But there certainly should be something with Michael done. They put a statue of an echo by, right? In the middle of past, wherever it may be moved to now, and why can't they engrave their names on them? All the old echoes. Why can't they put something like that? Something there, like there, there, there was there's something on YouTube. Um, I think it's oh god, more any more She was worked in RT. There's a lovely that's program right. on television years and years ago that, with that all the echo boys. And I think what's his name is in it as well. Who everybody knows. Remember Robot. 
Yeah, Who else sell the echoes outside the, the Roche stores? Yeah, Jerry Daly. But, but see, people don't remember oh, Paul is that, and Michael family one. That was a room that was set up by the priest mm-hmm. for the matter would originally, right? Yeah. And as I said, that's where they used to get their bread and their soup. Some of these kids, some of these youngsters never at home for 14, 16 hours a day. They only went home to sleep and get up again. That's, and that's the harsh reality of it. And all I'm saying is that people don't realise the commitment to the customers that people, the Echo Buyers gave. Do you know what I mean? Rain, snow, and sleet, right and that. And standing there in the middle of rain all for five, six, seven hours, like, you wouldn't see it today, like. And I think there's the John O'Shea's that used to stand outside the GPO. He was Dave now left. My younger brother's still doing up and seeing the car busting and sleeping on my father's legs. But, like, they're going, there's not many of them left. You can count in one hand. I think there's only Dave outside uh, the GPO now, is it? No, my bro- my younger brother, Glenn, still oh, says him outside St. Augustine's. He does the examiners in the morning. He does most St. Augustine's. He does, yeah, Glenn. Right. He's, he's the youngest boy in the family, like, you know what I mean? He, did, he wanted to do it, like, so. But as I said, Dave has been there a long time, you know what I mean? But I think they're only two. They're only two. I mean, something else. Well, as you mentioned there a while ago that you'd like to, um, you know, have all their names engraved. And I know um, that Pam O'Regan from Gentlemen's Quarters in the, the city centre and Seville on Oliver Plunkett Street Lovely is, is now it. calling for a statue to be erected. Will you stay with us there, Donal? And I want to just go to Pam, um, a quick one with Pam before the break. Pam, good morning. Hello, hi Paul, how are you? How are you? Pam, you would have passed Michael O'Regan dozens of times every day walking from gentlemen's quarters over to Seville and back and yeah. what what do we need to do now to remember him I think you know it's funny thing the gentleman there um, just was on there Donal. before me actually Donald yeah um, you know what was going through my own head was really something like a memorial plaque or a wall of fame that all the echo boys all those people like that you've been talking about the robots and the Daves and the Michaels you know, because they, they are very special people and they were very special characters. And me speaking as a person who came into Cork, not being from Cork, probably some of the first people that I would kind of got to know would be the people like the Echo Boys or Selling Examiners or, you know, the people on the street and those kind of people because they were fabulous characters and they were lovely, warm, friendly people. And I'd kind of get chatting to them, they'd get chatting to me and one word would lead to another. And before you know it, then they started to tell me things about Cork and tell me things about Cork people that I wouldn't have known, you know? So there's a there's a huge richness there and a huge history with them. And I think that something like a plaque uh, or, a, you know, a wall of fame, a memorial, something like that, that all their names can be put up on it, you know? And there's, there's they're never forgotten, you know? Never forgotten. And is it up to the council to do it or is it up to the Cork Business Association or just both well, come so together? There's a wee bit of everything, always. Uh, any, anything where people all come together is always a great idea and it usually works better, doesn't it, you know? But certainly they should be honoured to Cork, Cork City and so Cork City Council would definitely have to be involved in it because um, there should be great pride great pride in, in doing this and in looking after and memorialising these people because they deserve it, you know? They're fantastic people. They're they're part of the the fabric of Corkism and Corkonians, you know. So it, they 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 definitely they played a huge part in 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 life when they were alive and enriching Cork. And you know, even you know, poor Dave now down at the at the post office, I pass him now every day, and we'd have a chat and a laugh. And I mean, honest to God, these people they bring they bring light into your life. 
and they're they're a ray of sunshine, you know. As well as, you know, Michael, as you say, he was a man. Oh my God, I can remember, you know, stories he tell you, and he'd, you know, sometimes we'd be passing up maybe from lunch or something, Jim and myself, and we'd say, oh, we'll call to Michael, and we'll find out what's going on around the city, and he'd have all the news, and he'd tell you who was coming into Cork and who was going out of Cork, and he was he was a he was a marvelous, he was a lovely, warm, jovial. You'd always end up with a laugh. We'd always buy the echo off him. And sometimes I might have already bought it, but Jim would still buy it off him because you could not, you know. Michael, Ma- Michael O'Regan, the, the real Lord. We had Jack Lynch, you know, the real Taoiseach. Michael O'Regan, right. the real Lord Mayor That's of Cork. Right. Yeah, and he was he was a man. He could have stood with, with as the saying goes, he could have rubbed shoulders with, with anybody, kings or, or queens, you know, because he had that, beauty in him and he had that you know wealth of knowledge and he could communicate on any level you he's know, actually there's he a, he, there's he actually a, a video on TikTok. It was taken by I think some uh, young Americans and a couple of Jor- German tourists. They 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 were fascinated by him and that they actually took a video and he's no part of their TikTok. So Michael, oh, not only was yeah. he from Ballyfehan, he's now a worldwide sensation. Yeah, yeah, isn't that fabulous? Isn't that absolutely amazing? You know. Well, Pam, it's I so hope I hope the city council, our elected yeah. uh, councillors, yeah. and maybe yeah. members of the Corpus Association, will get together, put their heads together and Absolutely. let's do it now let's have a plaque or a, a, a statue in place uh, a, a plaque with all of the echo boys names and details about names. them yeah, or a statue to michael yeah. o'regan but let's do they it do. and let's have it in place for this time next year wouldn't it be fabulous wouldn't it be marvelous and wouldn't wouldn't he be so proud and i could see that twinkle in his eye and the smile on his face he'd love us absolutely love us wouldn't he um thanks for talking to us and donald no, cronin all. before that donald well, thanks very much, Nate. But as I just said there, they, we've been going into a boat of plaques my father. I think I'm saying, it's down to the city council's point. Yep. It's plain and simple. It's plain and simple because the examiner yep. office were overwhelmingly generous when my father passed away. And still to this day, as Donald Keith there and a couple of other reporters ringing now and again to see how things going on. Mm-hmm. And they've been so good. And I'm telling you, the examiner office will not uh, shy away from this at all. They will put their hands in their pockets, whatever it be, better be a plaque or a statue or anything that. Because they do, they actually do appreciate what the likes of Michael O'Regan, Jerry Cronin, John O'Shea, Johnny Keller, Don Man, he's the Duggins. They appreciate, they were their bread and butter from day one, long to long time ago. So, as I say, my sympathies again uh, to Michael O'Regan's family. Lovely words of Pam. No, I appreciate the card part, but I have to go up, but I appreciate everything you do. And with the help of God, and I mean that that it will something be done sooner rather than later. And I hope so. As I say, I, I say that to Pam, honestly, it, if the examiner office and everybody is willing to put their hands in their pockets, there is no reason why we shouldn't have something in place by this time next year. Don't look, go on away and I'll talk to you soon. Hey. Good luck. Listen, as we're on about people who passed away, um, I just want to uh, give mention as well to a number of people, uh, well-known people who died um, over the, over the Christmas period. Uh, the late councillor John Blair of Blair's Inn, also remembering Kenny Lee, uh, who of course uh, will be famous for uh, Spiders Nightclub on Hanover Street, and of course was was very instrumental in bringing live at the Marquee as well to Cork. And if you weren't barred from um, Spiders many years ago, it was kind of a badge of honour to be told by Kenny, "Go away, come back." come back, walk around the block, Paul, and come back to us again. But uh, sympathies to uh, his wife, Anne, and uh, lovely family. So also extending our sympathies to uh, Jack Lynch of the Cotton Ball, who sadly passed away as well over the Christmas period. Um, These are people 
who contributed so much, I think, to the fabric of Cork. They changed much of our city. These were people, they were doers, they were no-nonsense people. And uh, I think today the city owes a lot to the likes of Kenny Lee, John Blair and Jacqueline Shue, who, who helped to transform the face of our beautiful city. Cork's 96 FM. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details when you make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.